Hi, I'm Bob Sewell. I'm a lawyer. In fact, I'm a partner at the law firm of Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. I started this podcast because my clients always ask me, is that even legal? I want to discuss on this podcast how the law affects us and changes our daily lives. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope it is meaningful to you, and I hope you learn from it. Thank you. Today's guest in the podcast is Pernell McGuire. Pernell is the managing partner of Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. He's a specialist in bankruptcy law, and he is an excellent guy, and welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Bob. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate it. You know, today I, I called you on the show because I want you to talk about the different things that are happening in the stimulus projects, the stimulus bills that are coming out from the Congress. And so I want to talk about what's legal with regard to the stimulus. Stimulus. Excellent. One of the things that I'm really excited about, one of the things that is giving me a lot of hope that we can move on to the next phase once the once the quarantine is over, that we get the economy back on track, is the small business loans. Have you heard about these? Absolutely. The small business loans are part of a larger act called the CARES Act, which is called the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act. And that particular act has a, a number of financial benefits to both individuals and small businesses. And one of the most important parts of that act is what they call the payroll protection loan provisions. And um, under that particular program, the government is making available $350 billion in loans that will be made available to small businesses with um, 500 or fewer employees. And in order to qualify, you have to apply, obviously, you have to have less than 500 employees, and you have to commit to use those funds for payroll-related purposes over the next eight weeks. Um, and you can also use them for um, rent or your mortgage payment on your business if you, if you have a, a mortgage payment, um, as well as utilities. And if you will do that, this is the, the biggest benefit of all, if you'll, if you'll spend that money on payroll-related expenses or mortgage uh, or rent or utilities, the government will actually forgive that loan. It's actually just uh, money then that uh, is provided to you to help you um, weather the storm um, and keep your employees uh, working and employed and, and hopefully keep the economy going. That's a tremendous benefit. There's something about when you're not getting a paycheck and it, even if you have money in the bank, it feels very dire and it has the potential to lock you up inside and make you not want to participate in the economy. And Furthermore, when you don't have that paycheck come in, you really, for the vast majority of us, we're going to struggle to participate in the economy. So this benefit I see as a tremendous help to keep people going, to keep their, their paychecks on track. And not only that, to help businesses keep these employees employed so they're um, so when they when the economy comes back, they actually have a business to come back to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, small businesses are the lifeblood of our economy. And a couple of weeks ago, 
at least in Arizona, there were 3.3 million uh, unemployment uh, claims made. And then the following week, it doubled to 6.6 million. So in the last two weeks alone, there have been just under 10 million claims for unemployment made uh, here in Arizona. And so the idea is to get this money out into the economy and hopefully these businesses will rehire uh, employees that have been furloughed, bring them back and retain their current employees because then they'll have funds from the government to do that. And by doing that, that keeps those folks employed, they're getting a paycheck, they're then able to pay their rent or their mortgage payment, go grocery shopping, continuing to spend money and that just keeps our economy going I mean, we're really in unprecedented times. I, I've never seen, I've been through a lot of slowdowns, the 2008 Great Recession and back in 1991 when the real estate market uh, fell apart, et cetera. But we've never had a time in my lifetime where the economy came to such a screeching halt. And so this really is unprecedented relief uh, being provided by the government. Do you see this as a handout though? I mean, if the loans are being forgiven, do you see this as a handout from the government? Yeah, I guess some people could take that perspective. I, I really don't see it that way at all. It was the government that asked small businesses and uh, first asked and then mandated small businesses to, to close um, and send their employees home. Uh, and so uh, it's kind of like uh, the government drew a F-150 right through the middle of your business um, and shut you down and, and now needs to pay for the damage, so to speak. And so uh, our government recognizes that this is an investment um, in uh, our country, and there's no better way to do that than a public-private partnership between the government and um, local banks to be able to get this money out into the small businesses. So uh, the process is you go into your bank, you make an application, um, very simple application. It's, it's just two pages long. Um, and then uh, you have to certify certain things. You have to disclose what your average monthly payroll has been uh, during 2019. And then you can borrow as much as two and a half times that amount. Um, you certify that you're not in default on any other federal loan programs and some other certifications. And then the uh, bank will review that loan. It'll go to their underwriting department and, uh, uh, most likely they will approve it if you qualify. And then you wait for the SBA to uh, give you a loan number. And once you have a loan number, then the bank will prepare loan documents, draw them up, and then the loan will fund. Uh, and then you'll have that money. Um, you need to make sure that you're very careful to spend it on items that, that will then result in the loan being forgiven. And again, that's restricted to payroll-related expenses, rent or mortgage payments, utilities, and even other debt obligations that were incurred in the last year, um, it can be spent on that as well. And then that loan will be ultimately forgiven. The other major benefit here is that your first payment on that loan doesn't even begin for six months. And so the idea is that before that six months expires, you'll be able to go back into the bank and then file those certifications so that the loan itself will be forgiven. That's awesome. That is just awesome. Yeah. Um, any word yet on how fast this is going to roll out? Do we know yet? Well, um, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine over the weekend. Wells Fargo has already processed nationwide 17,000 applications for loans. Uh, Chase Bank, I think, has processed about 10,000 
applications. The banks are in there processing these applications and then they're going to the SBA. Uh, some people have begun to get loan numbers and even then um, it takes a few days to get the documents drafted and get the loan funded. So I think we'll start to see those loans being funded by the end of this week. One of the part of this, some of the stimulus is directed toward persons rather than business. Yes. And one of the stimulus measures are certain checks. Can, tell me about those. Yeah, I mean, in addition to helping small businesses, uh, the government acknowledges and understands that they have to get money directly into the hands of individuals. So under the CARES Act, they have a program whereby individuals and married couples will, who have children will receive a check directly. Uh, for individuals, it's $1,200. For married couples, it's $2,400. And $500 for each child under the age of 17. And um, as long as you make, uh, for an individual, if you make $75,000 a year or less, you'll get the full amount of that, of that check, the full $1,200. For a married couple, if you make $150,000 a year um, jointly or less, you'll get that full $2,400. The benefit starts to phase out above $75,000, uh, but uh, it, you, for, a, for an individual, it can go up to, um, uh, I think, about um, uh, $90,000, a little bit more than that, and for a married couple, $198,000 before the uh, entire benefit phases out. So for, for, for an average family of four making $100,000 a year, uh, they're going to get a check for about $3,400. That's going to be amazing. That's going to help out a lot. It's not going to be foolproof. I mean, if you're a $100,000 year income and your income has been wiped out from the COVID virus, you know, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to help, but it won't take the, take the total bite away. But the vast yeah. majority of Americans will be getting this check. If, I think the, the average household income is close to around about 50,000, 55,000 on the national level. So yeah. the vast majority of us will be getting a check. And again, the idea, you're right, you're exactly right. It's, it's, it's not going to carry you for very long, but the idea is that if you've been put on furlough for a month or two um, by your employer, that this money will help fill in the gap until you're able to either go back to work with your same employer or find another job. So many people have been uh, laid off in the hospitality industry, restaurants, hotels, um, in the automotive industry. We're starting to see that now, et cetera. And so hopefully those folks will get back to work um, within a couple of months. And this check directly in their pocket will help them make ends meet while they're waiting to go back to work. Right. And I guess along with there's been extra benefits to the unemployment insurance. We've talked about that in a prior episode and the Paid Family Leave Act, which we talked about in a prior episode. I want to talk about mortgage relief. Sure. Tell me about that. What's happening with mortgage relief? Well, uh, right now, as part of the CARES Act, you can get um, uh, sort, of, sort of no questions asked, 60-day forbearance on your mortgage payment, um, and then you can apply for up to four additional 30-day forbearances. And so you can get six months of 
uh, forbearance, which means you don't have to make your mortgage payment for the next six months uh, under the CARES Act. In order to do that, you need to contact your mortgage company directly, uh, the, the company that you make your mortgage payment to, and um, apply for this program so that you can get relief from having to make that monthly mortgage payment. Now, in addition to that, the mortgage companies will then also work with you on setting up a payment plan to help you get caught up on those missed payments. Um, and they'll usually uh, you know, work with you um, to, to pay that back over at least a 12 month period of time or even longer. In addition to that, um, there are still programs that allow you to modify your, your current mortgage in its entirety. So there's a number of different programs that, that, that people who have mortgages can qualify for. They need to reach out directly to their, to their mortgage company. And they need to have um, a lot of tenacity and a lot of patience to go through that program because again, these mortgage companies are going to be inundated with applications uh, by people seeking that kind of relief. But um, the relief is certainly available and is, and is part of the, of the CARES Act. Yeah, we know from history, from the prior downturn in the economy, that when the mortgage company is in charge of processing forbearance agreements, that things can get a little bit tricky at times. They, you do have to be persistent. You do have to keep talking to them and sometimes submit documents multiple times. But history has shown that if you're eligible, you'll eventually get that forbearance. So. I do hope and I do believe that this, along with the unemployment benefits, along with the checks, along with the, um, along with the small business loans, I think that should give a lot of hope to people. Tell me about renter relief. Yeah, well, uh, in addition, this is all under the Federal CARES Act, but um, in addition to that, there are certain benefits that Governor Ducey um, has imposed on folks in terms of protecting them from being evicted. So um, there's an executive order that, that he issued last week that um, prevents people from being evicted for at least the next 60 days. Um, and uh, you just have to certify that, that you're not able to pay your rent because you've either contracted the coronavirus or you have a family member who has, or you've lost income as a result of this entire situation, which most people are gonna fall into that third category uh, if they're not able to make their rent payment. Uh, again, this is just a deferral. It's not gonna fix everything, but it's gonna give you some time to be able to uh, hopefully get back to work or find other employment so that you can then start making your rent payment. There's also student loan relief. Yeah, yeah, student loans, uh, uh, obviously a, a hot topic, um, but uh, uh, at this point in time, you get um, an absolute uh, forbearance on both your monthly payment and any interest accruing until September 30th of this year. And my guess is they'll take a look at it as we get closer to that date and determine whether or not additional relief is necessary. But right now, Monthly payments on student loans are not required. You will not be in default if you do not make those payments and no interest will accrue on your student loan until at least September 30th and, and perhaps even after that. That will be tremendous for a lot of people, especially when you're first getting started out of school. Those student loan payments can be burdensome. 
Oh yeah, some people are paying thousands of dollars a month in, in student loan payments. They'll, they'll, they'll have some relief from that. People should also understand that there's changes to retirement plans, that people can now withdraw money from the retirement plans under more favorable conditions. And so if that is an option too for you, that you have money in a retirement plan and that's your last resort, they need to check with their particular brokerage house or their 401k provider and pull that money out if they need it. Yeah, you so, need to be very careful about the, the retirement accounts. I mean, uh, that's, that's for your retirement. If, and if you can avoid pulling money from that, you should, but it is there as an option. Typically, if you withdraw money from a retirement account before you're 59 and a half, you'll incur a 10% penalty. That has been waived as part of the CARES Act. And so you can withdraw money now from your, from your 401k or your IRA without any kind of a penalty. Now, you'll still have to pay income tax on any mon- money that's withdrawn, but you'll actually have up to three years to pay that, the income tax back as a result of that withdrawal. And so very favorable if you need to access those funds uh, in order to meet your living expenses, very favorable conditions now to do so. But again, remember, if you were drawing that money out, it's not going to be earning you money for your retirement uh, in the future. So be, be very careful about going to, going to the retirement account. Absolutely. I think you're exactly right. I think uh, to add on to that, people need to understand that this is general information people are hearing on this podcast and it shouldn't substitute for individual advice that they can receive from a professional either in the law or or a retirement professional or a CPA. This podcast is general information so if you need further information go ahead and check with an attorney or your CPA or your retirement professional. One of the things I want to know is if after I receive all this stimulus and I'm still struggling, I can't make my bills, it's backed up, what isn't legal for me after receiving this stimulus to file bankruptcy? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, um, the government is providing a huge amount of relief to people. Uh, individuals and businesses throughout the country, but it also recognizes that that may not be enough. It just may not be sufficient. Again, this is temporary relief, but but some people will need much uh, more in-depth relief uh, going forward. And so uh, short answer is it's still legal to file a bankruptcy case if, if necessary. So a lot of folks... Um, you know, like, like many of us live paycheck to paycheck, and now they've had that disrupted in a serious way. And many folks still have a lot of other obligations in addition to their monthly living expenses. They'll have credit card payments or medical bills or uh, student loans we talked about. Um, they have other obligations which, which are, are out there that need to be uh, taken care of. And so they might get a little bit of temporary relief, but they'll still have those student loans, they'll still have those credit cards and medical bills and other um, obligations remaining and, and they may not be able to get caught up and, and, and make those payments. So for those folks, bankruptcy is still a very valid option. In addition, as I mentioned on the mortgage payments, if you're not able to get 
your mortgage company to work with you and follow through on what they're required to do under the act, um, then bankruptcy is an option that will allow you to retain your home. So it's possible for an individual to file bankruptcy and keep your home? Yeah. And in fact, um, there are folks who are in, in bankruptcy right now. They've, they've modified the laws to allow, for example, in a chapter 13 case, uh, you do a repayment plan where you're paying back your creditors a certain amount each month. Um, they've actually extended those plans from five years to seven years to give people additional time there uh, for individuals who um, need to get rid of debt um, and uh, are already current on their mortgage payment or if they're just renting, they may not need to do what we call chapter 13 bankruptcy case, but they still need to get relief from their debts. They can file a chapter seven bankruptcy case and um, get rid of their debt and still be able to keep um, the um, money that's being paid under the stimulus packages um, or they'll have already used that money up to, to pay for living expenses. So chapter seven for those folks is a way to get a fresh start to get rid of their credit cards, get rid of these medical bills, et cetera, while they're then hopefully finding a new job and being able to go forward. Is it legal for a business after having received the stimulus and maybe when they come out of the quarantine, maybe people don't have the, the basis for their business that they used to have. And so, you know, it might take a while for that business to get going again. And maybe that business needs to, needs to engage in bankruptcy. It, will that be possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a, a lot of small businesses are going to have some very tough choices to make over the next coming weeks and months about whether or not they can remain in business. Um, many of them are, are going to receive some, some relief from the government. They're going to get some funds, but that may not be enough. And yet if they look at their business and they say, well, we're struggling a little bit here, but we know we have a viable business. We know we can be profitable going forward if we just weren't saddled with all of this prior debt. In that scenario, filing a, a chapter 11 reorganization, and, and this is, doesn't matter what size your business is, any business can file for chapter 11 reorganization. And what happens in that context is we look at what debt that business has, um, and we set that aside, so to speak, and we look at, okay, can you be profitable going forward? Can you break even at least and pay your bills going forward? Um, and if they can, then we say, okay, you are a candidate because as long as you can generate a little bit of a profit going forward, we can then take that, that profit and then put together a repayment plan for the, the, the debt that you have. And in a lot of cases, you don't even have to pay that debt back in full. Um, a lot of Chapter 11 cases, we, we negotiate a repayment plan with creditors for less than full payment. Other cases, you, you might have the ability to pay your creditors in full, but you just need five years or seven years in order to do that. And so we have an extended repayment plan. But the whole intent is to keep these small businesses operating and preserve the hard uh, work and the equity that, that the owners of those businesses have put in over, over many, many years so that um, they can continue to do what they've always done uh, and not go to work for someone else. 
One of the things, it sounds counterintuitive, but I firmly believe that when our founding fathers set up a constitution that allowed for bankruptcy, it, what they really were saying was, we want to have a dynamic economy to let people have a fresh start. And I really believe that bankruptcy is a great way to help people get a fresh start. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our, as you mentioned, our founding fathers put in the Constitution the right to file a bankruptcy case. And so they recognized in a capitalist system that there would be winners and there would be losers. There'd be folks who are out there risking capital in order to uh, get a reward. And sometimes those risks would pay off. And unfortunately, sometimes they wouldn't. And um, so they uh, put into the Constitution a specific authorization for people to be able to file a bankruptcy case. They recognized that you know, an individual or a business that's saddled with a mountain of debt is not going to be very economically productive. Um, they're always going to be playing catch up and they can't make decisions and they can't invest in capital and they can't do the things that they want to do. And so they need relief. They need to be uh, unburdened from that debt and the bankruptcy process allows that to happen so that they then do have that fresh start you talked about and they can then be economically productive and viable again and that's much better for them and it's much better for our economy. You are the managing partner of a law firm approaching 200 people and people count on you and since COVID I'm certain you've been doing some thinking. How has your opinion about what you do what you mean to the community, as what you mean to the firm, what you mean to your employees, how has that changed since COVID? Well, uh, this is obviously unprecedented. I've never gone through a situation like this. Um, it's been an evolving situation, obviously. And uh, uh, first and foremost, we've had to take a look at how do we best protect the health of our employees um, thankfully, through technology, we're able to um, have uh, most of our folks work from home through this whole process uh, and be able to uh, continue working. Uh, uh, we want to protect them both uh, physically and we also want to protect their financial health. And so, um, uh, thankfully, uh, at least at this point, uh, you know, we haven't had to let uh, anybody go and, and that's very high on my priority list. In addition to that, though, we are a business and we have clients who have needs that need to be met, even under these circumstances. There are people who may still need to file a bankruptcy case, people who still need to get divorced, people who are still having issues um, uh, in, in terms of criminal uh, defense work that needs to happen. Business transactions are still going on. Um, people are absolutely thinking about uh, uh, their estate plan right now and, and getting their wills uh, and, and estate plans in order. And so all of that's going on. And so um, we are here to service our clients. And, and so uh, we've made uh, it very clear that, you know, we're open for business. We're ready to help. Um, our employees are, are able to do that, um, you know, through the technological means that we have established in our firm. And so, um, you know, we're doing the best we can under these circumstances uh, to make sure that we're meeting all of our clients' needs. Purnell, if someone needs to get a hold of you, maybe they have some legal concerns, how would they do that? 
Yeah, a couple of ways. Um, just give us a call. Uh, you know, we're answering our phones. Uh, someone will pick up the phone and talk to you. You can call us at 480-733-6800. Ask for me um, and, uh, or ask, let the receptionist know what your legal issue is and, and she'll get you to the right department. In addition, we have a ton of information uh, on our website, which is www.davismiles.com. Um, we have information about all of our practice areas. We also have uh, a lot of good information about a lot of the things we've talked about today, about the virus and, and uh, about the government's response to it. Pranel, thank you for coming on the show. It has been uh, very helpful and I wish you the best. Stay healthy. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. you too.